Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. So, uh, we are continuing our series called The Invitation to the Jesus Life. This is a series that we actually started two weeks ago. And the, the scripture that we talked about two weeks ago, hopefully you uh, took home uh, the card that had uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, and, and you were able to, to read through that every day to, to really see what this invitation is all about. And, and if I were to sum it up from, from what that scripture has... That, that the invitation to the Jesus life that, that, that we are called to live is so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. I, I think that's a simple like Cliff Notes version of, of what the invitation that we have in our life. It's so that Christ dwells in our hearts through faith. And as I told you a couple of weeks ago, if, if you forgot, because we had Emmaus Sunday last week, but, but as I said last two weeks ago, the series really isn't about what. We, we know what the what is. We, we know the things that Jesus would do, but this is to help us to think about how. How, how does Jesus do this, and how are we invited to live this life as Jesus has called us to live. So as we prepare to hear God's word this morning, I invite you to go to God in prayer with me. Let us pray. Dear God, we ask you to, to, to change us, to, to move us, to, 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 to make us yours. And just as the praise team saying, it's from moving from the inside out. It, it, it's so easy to try to have this facade on the outside to say who we are. But Lord, we know that then the change happens inside of us. That, that when we invite you to dwell in our hearts, that's when the change happens. So God, as we continue to move through this invitation to the Jesus Life series, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. So we're going to be kind of covering two different passages uh, today. First is kind of a, a, a general understanding of, of what it means to be an attentive listener. And then we're going to really take a look at, at the work of Jesus Christ and, and how he did things and, and give us an example of how we as his followers can continue to live this life that we are invited to. Our, our first scripture comes from the book of James. It is uh, Jesus' brother, chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. And I'm not going to read from uh, the NIV or the NRSV. I, I really saw this version called uh, The Voice, which is a paraphrase, that I really 
think helps us to get in a mindset and a frame of what exactly it means to be an attentive listener. So this is from The Voice, chapter, uh, James chapter 1, verses 19 through 20. And it goes like this. Listen. Open your ears. Harness your desire to speak. And don't get worked up into a rage so easily, my brothers and sisters. Human anger is a futile exercise that will never produce God's kind of justice in this world. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Kind of gives you a different picture of that scripture, doesn't it? Kind of, kind of hopefully makes you, makes you think about it just a, a, a little differently than what you would normally understand or what you would normally hear. Listen. Open your ears. Harness your desire to speak. And don't get worked up into a rage so easily. Lord knows we need to hear that now, don't we? It is so easy to get worked up into a rage. I, I, I kind of think about this passage as words that I would always hear from my mom and dad. You know, it's always amazing when, when they're gone how much wisdom you, you see that they had and how much they gave you. And, and the wisdom, and you probably all heard this too, uh, about the, the holes that we have in our heads and, and how we are to use them. Especially how we are to listen more than we are to speak because, what, God gave us two ears and, and only one mouth. And, and, and that, those are words that, that I've tried to live by. And I know that I've gotten in trouble because, you know, sometimes it can be fun just to run off the mouth. It can be fun to be antagonist, antagonistic. It can be fun to, to poke people, and then whenever they get angry, you go, I, I, I was just joking. I, I didn't mean anything by that. But I think that's one of the things that Paul is getting to. By harnessing our desire to speak, to, 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 to poke jabs, to, to try to make sure that I prove my point so you know that I'm right and you are wrong. It, it's a futile exercise. It does no good. But I think what James is telling us to do, and we'll, and we'll see this as we, we take a look at, at what Jesus does in the Gospels, is that James is telling us to look, to listen, and to love. We're going to look at the story of Jesus healing a, a, a bleeding woman. Uh, this is written in all three of the Gospels, and I wanted to share with you a picture that I took uh, when uh, we took our last trip to Israel in, in 2019. Uh, the last time I went to Israel, uh, this church wasn't even built yet. Uh, it just went back in 2009, but these, uh, they were getting ready to build this big, giant hotel on the banks of the uh, Sea of Galilee. And uh, when they were building this church or started to dig for this church, they, they ran into uh, some archaeological finds. And so in Israel, whenever they find anything archaeological, they, they shut everything down. 
and, and they started to dig, and they realized this was the town of, of Magdala, which that term Magdala may sound familiar to you because that's where Mary Magdalene came from. And, and if you're familiar, just, just to give you kind of a quick history, uh, Nazareth was north of the Sea of Galilee, and in order to get to the Sea of Galilee, Jesus would have had to stop there in Magdala. And, and there, there's, a, there's a temple there. There's all these ruins. I mean, it, it's just amazing. So they, they built this church in honor of Mary Magdalene, but down in the basement, they have a, a chapel with this mural on it. And, and this mural is a picture of the woman who was dealing with a bleeding issue that came and she, she touched Jesus' fringe in order to be healed. And because of that, Jesus gives us the example of what does it mean to, to look, to listen, and to love one another. So we're going to take a look at the story from Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 34, and I'll have the words printed on the screen for you to follow unless you want to follow along in your Bible. And the scripture starts out in verse 25 with these words. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. And immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. What do you do when, when you need hope and you can't find it? What would you do in order to get that answer? This woman who came and, and touched the, uh, the fringe of, of Jesus' uh, robe, if you will, she, she was desperate. Think about 12 years being, being cast aside, 12 years knowing that when people looked at you, they saw an outsider. For 12 years, she, she couldn't be around anyone. So, so she takes this amazing risk because, my friends, we may not think about it that way, but honestly, she is taking a huge risk to actually be in a crowd where she is unclean, which means that if anybody touched her, if anybody came in contact with her, they would become unclean. And at that time, if that were to happen, you talk about a, a, a mutiny. The, the, the lady would have been drawn up and quartered or, or whatever just to, to, to punish her for even coming around a group of people. But she needed hope. And she heard about Jesus. She, she knew who he was. And, she, and just that, that idea, that thought, if I just not, not even talk to him, not, not even 
have him look at me. But if I can just sneak in towards the back and, and, and just touch the fringe of his garment, I will be healed. Can you imagine that faith? And that's the type of faith that I would like to have. And that's the type of faith that we, each and every one of us, are, are, are called to come to Jesus, knowing that all we have to do is to call on his name and he will be there for us. But that's not the end of the story, is it? We continue in verse 30. At once Jesus realized the power had gone out from him. He turned around and the crowd was asking, Who touched my clothes? You see, the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? This is, this is what look is. This, this is what it means to look. It means that, that, that when you are in a busy situation and you are moving from one place to another, that you stop and you take the opportunity to look around and see what is going on and not, not being, being tunnel-visioned about what is happening in your life. I, I am a tunnel-vision person. I, I will absolutely, 100%, totally admit that to you. It, it started way back in middle school and high school. I, I was made aware of it in high school. My, my older brother, Dave, he was a, a senior in high school when I was a freshman in high school. And, and he had a friend named Brad. And, and Brad was like a big actor and, and did a bunch of things. He was so funny. And, and uh, there was a, a time where he was, uh, they, they were supposed to imitate people in the school. And, and, and he said, I'm going to imitate Dave's younger brother, Chris. And, and he put his head down and he just started walking around like this. And I realized, yeah, that is me. Because when I would walk around the, the high school, I would bury my head down and I would go as fast as I can because I didn't want to be late in the five-minute time period because I was scared to death to be late in another class. And I ignored anything and everything around me. And still, 20, 30 years later, I realized I do the same thing. I bury my head down and I, I move forward because I want to get to where I want to be going and I don't care what happens around me. But see, that's not who Jesus is. Jesus was not like that. It, it, this story, I, I love this story because it is, it is packed in between another story. There's another story going on when Jesus is interrupted by this woman who touched the fringe of his robe. There's a guy by the name of Jairus who was a, a, temple, a synagogue leader in, in Capernaum. And, and he knew that Jesus was coming and his daughter was sick. And, and so he comes up to Jesus and says, you need to come. You need to come quickly because my daughter is about to die. And, and Jesus goes with her. And in the middle of this story, this passage comes in from verse 25 to 34 where Jesus stops, interrupts the entire plan, and spends time talking to this woman. And me, thinking about Jairus, I would be furious. My daughter is about to die, and here you are stopping 
for somebody else. You're, you're with me, Todd. You're on my clock now. But we know that Jesus is not on anyone's clock but his own. Jesus wasn't in a hurry because he knew what was going to happen. He knew the healing that he was about to bring. Sometimes we are so much in a hurry that we don't even think about what the possibilities can be. One of my favorite stories about Dallas Willard was that he was asked by a uh, student of his, what, what does he need to do to, to have more time? How, how can I spend more time in devotion to God? And Dallas Willard looked at him and said, you need to ruthlessly eliminate hurry in your life. And the student said, okay, I got that written down. What next? And Dallas apparently just stood there and he said, no, you don't get it. You need to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. That, that gives us the opportunity to look, to look around and see, see the beautiful people that are around us, to look around and see the hurting, the pain, the, 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 the misdirection, the, all of those things that, that each and every one of us are, are burdened with we stop and look, then it gives us the opportunity to listen. Continuing at verse 32. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. I'm going to stop. Just pause right there. Because to me, this is one of the most brilliant things that Jesus does. And we see, we see glimpses of it throughout Scripture, but I think we miss it because we try to speed read through Scripture so we can get through the passage. But I think Jesus is stopping here to see what happens. And I don't think it was just a second. I think when Jesus stopped and kept looking around to see who had done it, it took a while. A while with a lot of silence. Is that driving you nuts yet? We don't like to be silent. We like to have noise around us. And, and I can just imagine the crowd gathering around him just kind of looking. Well, I've already said it wasn't me, so... Why is he still here? Why, why, why isn't he telling us something? But see, Jesus does that because the power of, of listening is way more important than we think. The power of listening just isn't hearing what other people have to say. The power of listening is stopping and allowing the world to tell us what is painting it. Continuing. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. 
He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Jesus listened. He didn't make a snap judgment. He just didn't dismiss her. Okay, you're healed. You can go on. You're fine. Oh, he, he took time to hear her story. Hear where she came from. Hear, hear what it was that, that brought her to her point. I, I, I love that, that the, the Scripture doesn't give us her whole story, what, what she was said uh, that she did, but it told him the whole truth. This is why I did this. You have no idea the pain and the suffering that I have gone through. And then Jesus loved. Matthew's telling, Jesus tells the daughter to take heart. In, in Mark and in Luke, Jesus tells her to go in peace. What a way to show love to someone to let them know that they were valued, let them know that they were listened to, let them know that, that what their experience was was shared by him. You know, my friends, today at 1045, I'll, we'll be over at New Hope Baptist Church. And I will tell you that I am scared. I am scared with the honor that, that Pastor Grace has given me. But listening to these words of, of Jesus, I want to be like that. And, and the ministry that we've had with New Hope Baptist Church for the, the five-plus years that I have been here in Royce City, I pray echoes that. And I pray it echoes the heart of what Roy City First United Methodist Church has been called to do in this community. We are called to look. We've had a couple of conversations with, with Pastor Grays and, and Pastor Gilbert from Meeks Chapel about race relationships. And, and in those conversations, I found out that there are things that New Hope Baptist Church and Meeks Chapel have felt kind of pushed aside. And they have come. Just like the woman who had bleeding came to Jesus, they have come to us and say, help us. Help us, help people to understand who we are. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. I didn't want to cancel the 11 o'clock service today. I, I hem-hawed around that so much that, you know, I'm sure it made James, I mean, maybe Pastor Gray is as comfortable as I felt hem-hawing around it. But then I realized, you know, Jesus is calling us at this moment to, to forget about ourselves and honor them. Jesus is calling us at this time to say our brothers and sisters have a voice that need to be heard. And Royce City First United Methodist Church can help their voice to be heard. There's, there's a relationship building here, just as the relationship was being built between the woman that came to Jesus and to Jesus. 
The relationship is to show that ministry together is a lot more powerful than ministry alone in a silo. And when we gather together with, with New Hope Baptist, with Meeks Chapel, with Fellowship Church, with High Point Church, with Trinity, with First Church, that list can go on and on. Amazing and powerful things can happen. But it's important to be an attentive listener. It's important to stop to look, to look around us, to see the pain and the hurt that's around us, to, to listen to exactly what the request is. And then to say, take heart. Your sisters and brothers at Roy City First United Methodist Church stands with you. And we will always stand with you. So, this week, I give you another practice you have in your bulletin. Spiritual practice about being an attentive listener. As I remember, as, as I keep telling you, this is just a guide. Please don't take these spiritual practices that I'm giving to you and think that I'm telling you that you have to add one upon another one upon another one upon another one. If it works for you, fine. If not, set it aside and try something else. But I want you to practice being an attentive listener. First, listen to God kind of easy. Spend time in fellowship with God. Listen, have the opportunity to, to, uh, to fellowship with God. Read Matthew 5, 24 through 34 again and picture it happening. Take a moment and pray in silence. And then practice becoming one who listens deeply to others. I will say that this is something that I continue to practice, and I know I fail at it at times. I fail at it at times, and it pains me when I walk away and I realize I should have listened more. I should have heard more. But thanks be to God that this does not define who we are, but it's just another tool that we have to continue to grow in Christ-likeness. The way people look at us, they see Jesus in our lives. I pray that you take an opportunity to practice these, these uh, spiritual practices. And just take the opportunity just to listen. And to hear someone else's point of view. And then say, child, take heart. Because the Jesus who loves me is also the Jesus that loves you. Let us pray. Oh God, we live in a very noisy world. And living in this noisy world, we, we see how hard it is at times to fully listen, to take the opportunity to, to, to look around us and, and to hear the cry of the needy. Give us the strength give us the courage give us the understanding so that we may be the hands and feet of Christ for those around us so, so that, that we can live into this invitation to the Jesus life and form 
a Christ-likeness in us so others may be introduced to who you are. So God, we lift this up. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.